Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in to the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo. And what a wonderful Friday the 13th it is. The Philadelphia Phillies knock off the best team in baseball. And I say that sarcastically. The Atlanta Braves last night to advance to the National League Championship Series for the second straight year. What a night. What a team. I am fired up for this Philadelphia Phillies team. It is a great great time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. We also have our 5-0 and Philadelphia Eagles going this weekend. So we're going to spend the majority of the first segment on our Philadelphia Phillies, and then we'll start previewing Eagles Jets in the next 30 minutes. But I see you guys in the chat. BSing Sports, good morning to you. How about them? Phils is right. Wine, Niners, wine. That's right. The billable hour is here. Twiz. What's up, man? Good morning to you. Also, guys, hit that like button. Smash that share button. Make sure we're reaching as many Philadelphia sports fans as possible. But what a night in South Philadelphia last night. And I said last week on this show, is there a better home field advantage in all of professional sports than there is at Citizens Bank Park? And I do not think that is an exaggeration. If you're here, you're watching in the chat, what venue comes close to Citizens Bank Park in all of professional sports? And it's not only what this crowd does to the opponent. It's what they do for this Phillies team. They get these guys fired up. I mean, you look at all the records the Phillies are setting. Castellanos, first player ever in Major League Baseball to have back-to-back multi-home run games in the postseason. First player ever in the history of Major League Baseball, Nick Castellanos. Trey Turner, first Phillies player ever to have four hits in a postseason game. Bryce Harper, most home runs in the National League Division Series history 10 in his career. Philadelphia Phillies, six home runs in game three, tying a Major League Baseball record. It's unreal what this Phillies team is doing. And we got to give ourselves credit. The Philadelphia Phillies fans are a part of that team. This is the best sports town in America, and you are seeing it on full display every single night in this postseason. And I see a Brian Lippincock, but the Braves are the major league baseball version of the Cowboys. At least when they play the Phillies, they are. Have never beaten the Philadelphia Phillies in a postseason series ever 
in Braves history, and the streak continues. They go home. The Braves, the best team in baseball, 104 wins. That team had 104 wins this season, had arguably the best lineup in baseball. They hit 307 home runs this season. Outside of a couple innings in game two, the Phillies dominated this series. Phillies led almost the entire series outside of a couple innings in game two. Braves, 307 home runs. They only hit three in this series. The Phillies almost hit four times that, putting up 11 home runs in these four games. Unfreaking believable. And I want to see the chat here. Brian Lippincock, Arcia is cooked. Dude interacting with the crowd is laughable. Did you see that? And if you haven't seen it, it's all over Twitter. Arcia, the fans got to him, man. First of all, just like corny stuff, too. Turning around to the crowd, giving this, sticking out his tongue. Like, dude, come on. What are you, a child? But the fans, they got to him. They got to him. Even Acuna had to tell Arcia, like, yo, bro, calm down. Calm down. Fans got to them. I see Daz. Remember when people were saying we should have never signed Trey Turner? Good times. Whew. You are not kidding. There was also a time when Phillies fans weren't necessarily happy they signed Nick Castellanos. How those two signings working out for us, Dombrowski, pretty damn good. Trey Turner hitting 500 in the playoffs right now. 500. And Castellanos, unbelievable. Four home runs in two games in front of his boy, Liam. Just such cool stuff. Daz, I would have made Arcea walk home acting like that if I was the Braves. You're not kidding. It was bad enough, Arcea. You lit a fire under Bryce Harper. I still love that quote from Farzi. He tugged on Superman's cape. Yes, he did. BSing sports. How many in the postseason, though, talking about the Braves' home runs? Only three. Only three. Peter Doty, he's such a clown. Take the L and go home. Yes, sir. Take the freaking L and go home, Atlanta. Again, almost identical to what they did last year. Andre, if our pitching remains consistent, I am not worried about our bats. This lineup, and we've said it before, is built for playoff baseball. And if our pitching staff can pitch the way they have pitched. And we got to give a lot of credit to Ranger Suarez. What a performance by Ranger Suarez. Spencer Strider actually pitched a pretty good game. You're talking about a Cy Young winner, most likely right there this year, in Spencer Strider. And Ranger Suarez out-pitched Spencer Strider in this game. And Strider pitched well. He pitched well. I would have loved if Strider fell apart on the mound at Citizens Bank Park. He didn't. He pitched pretty well. But Ranger Suarez pitched better. That is unbelievable. And that's two starts now for Suarez in this series where he really, really showed up and pitched well. Can't say enough about our man, Ranger. BSing sports. Can you imagine if Schwarber and Boehm get it going? This team is dangerous. That's true, man. Schwarber and Bohm really didn't do much in this series, and they didn't need them. 
And that's what's so great about this team. You can have guys that struggle because the lineup is so damn deep that other people are going to pick them up. Harper, Castellanos, Turner, huge. Bryson Stott. Just some really, really great, timely hitting. Even Brandon Marsh getting in it in this series. Love it. And I'm loving all the comments, guys. I'm going through. Casty turning around 100 was epic. He crushed that ball, man. Crushed that ball. No doubt coming off the bat. Scott Ritz, if they don't start bunning Rojas to move runners and Schwarber gets with the program, he looks triple-A at the plate. We won't win the World Series. Two big holes in the lineup. Come on, Scott. It's a positive day here on the Philly Sports Power Hour, man. They just dominated the Atlanta Braves. They'll get it going. I have confidence they'll get it going. And Rojas is not in this lineup for his bat. So I agree. He's got to learn how to bunt and move these runners over. But I don't want to say a negative word about Rojas today. After that catch, a rookie in the lineup in a big moment. What a catch in center field for that young kid right there. Rojas, you could do whatever you want at the plate, my man. You keep doing that in the field, and this team's going to be just fine. Peter Doty, Philly's now 3-0 against Atlanta in the postseason. What rivalry. You're damn straight, man. You are damn straight. Eagles fan, what up to you, too? And Eagles fan, we're going to talk some Eagles in the second segment, so stay tuned because we got the New York Jets on Sunday. And let's hope another streak continues because the Philadelphia Phillies have never lost a postseason series to the Atlanta Braves, and the Philadelphia Eagles have never lost to the New York Jets. A little knock on wood there, but I don't think we're going to have a problem this week. But we'll get into our Football Friday in the next segment, give you guys my prediction as well. BSing Sports, did you see Strider snapping at his infield when he got pulled? Yo, they didn't really show that on TV, but there was a quick clip, and it's circling around on social media. I don't know what he was so angry about. Whether he was angry he did, he got taken out of the game, whether he was angry about something that happened, but they had to kind of like push him into the dugout. Like, yo, bro, don't cause a scene in front of 40,000 Phillies fans at Citizens Bank Park. Daz, Strider had a good comment. He said he's not making any excuses, and the Braves fan base should be mad. Strider pitched well. I would have loved for him to fall apart, like I said, but he did pitch well. Andre, Bill, I think this team will fare better against the AL this year. We will see, but let's not get carried away. Let's not move ahead. They got a series coming up, and that Arizona Diamondbacks team, no pushover. No pushover. They got a good bullpen. They got some good starting pitching. In fact, a local kid, Zach Gallen, went to my alma mater, Bishop Eustis over here in Pensalkin, New Jersey, Zach Gallen. Really good pitcher. Grew up a Phillies fan, so I'm sure it'll be a big moment for him and his family. BSing Sports, Rojas is the Pedro Feliz of this lineup and team. He is there for the leather, not the wood. Damn straight, man. And he keeps making plays like that in center field. We're going to be just fine. He made that catch a little bit harder than it probably had to be, but you're talking about the biggest moment of this rookie's career, and that is a great catch in that moment. Great catch. Decoy Gaming, what's up, bud? Bit late to the stream, but hell of a win. Hell of a win, Decoy Gaming. Hell of a win. 
Daz, I like Strider, Strider's competitiveness. I'm not going to talk positive about Strider anymore. I told him, I said he pitched well, but we're done. We're done with Strider. And then Tony, how about some love for the Flyers? You're damn right. We got another undefeated team in this town. Not only are the Eagles undefeated, our Philadelphia Flyers coming out and beating the Columbus Blue Jackets last night. Not sure anyone in Philadelphia was watching that game, though, with the Phillies Braves on, but I flipped over during commercials, and they actually looked pretty good. Carter Hart had a great game. Farabee getting in the mix. Travis Konechny getting a nice goal. So let's hear it for our Flyers, because I think we're going to have not much to celebrate with that team this year. So big win to start it off. But, guys, let's also talk about – we're talking about this Phillies lineup. We're talking about Ranger Suarez. We cannot say enough good things about our manager, our skipper, Rob Thompson, the topper, pressing all the right buttons on this team. All season long, really the last two seasons since he's been that manager, he knows what this team needs. You talk about culture, and I talk about culture a lot with Nick Sirianni and this Philadelphia Eagles team, similar with this Philadelphia Phillies team. Rob Thompson has built a culture with these players that they thrive under pressure. They thrive in the big moments, and they love playing baseball together. They love celebrating together. How cool, how cool are those videos from the Phillies? locker room celebrating these games and topper man he's right in the middle of it right in the middle of it he knows what this team needs and Daz you are spot on man topper is a hell of a manager a hell of a manager BSing sports Fletcher Cox was in the locker room too yeah he was and it was good to see him jumping around because I'm assuming his back injury is okay. He missed last week because of that epidural on his back. But the way Fletcher Cox was jumping around in that locker room, singing, dancing on my own with the fightings, he should be okay. But let's look at some of the decisions. Talk about the culture that Topper has created with his team. But let's just look at some of the decisions he made last night, which was risky. It was risky, but it all worked out. So Suarez pitches a gem, man. Five innings, really outpitched Spencer Strider. They bring in Sir Anthony in the sixth. He gets two outs. They go to Alvarado early. They go to Alvarado in that sixth inning. Interesting call. Interesting call by Topper, but it works out. They go to Alvarado early, and then they go to Kimbrell early. Kimbrell comes in in the seventh inning. Not sure the last time that Kimbrell's pitched that early, but that was a big moment in this game. Bases loaded for probably the MVP of Major League Baseball this past year, National League MVP. Bases loaded, Kimbrell on the mound, shuts it down. And that's the big catch by my man, Rojas. But that was a huge decision to roll out Kimbrell that early in the game because now they try to bring him back out in the eighth. You got to turn to Soto 
in the eighth, and you still got to get through the ninth. And you still got to get through the ninth. So he goes with Kimbrell, then he brings in Soto, and then you got to give it up for Matt Strom. What a moment for Strom coming in in a 3-1 game. Man on first and third, and Strom goes 1-2-3. Can't say enough good things about Strom at that point. I mean, you think about the pressure that's on you. 40,000 fans going against one of the best lineups in Major League Baseball, if not the best lineup in Major League Baseball this year. And Strom comes in, cool, collected, shuts it down. And Topper pressed all the right buttons. And this wasn't the first time he did it. We saw what he did in game one, too. And I had some questions after game one saying, man, I don't know, asking that much of your relievers. Well, he hits all the right buttons again. Eagles fan, I hate my manager, Boone and Cashman. They got to go. Peter Doty, man, Kimbrell had me so nervous. Yeah, he had me nervous, too. He had me nervous, too, but they come through. They come through in a big way. But let's take a look at this game. And after game two, when the Phillies lose that four-run lead, what did Castiano say after the game? We thrive after we get punched in the face. Well, those weren't just words because Castellanos not only delivers, look at the times that he delivered. In game three, they're down by one. Castellanos leads it off, home run, ties it up. The almost identical situation last night, top of the fourth, Austin Riley hits a solo home run. Phillies go down one nothing. Then there's a big double play by Trey Turner to get out of that inning. The Braves strand the runner in scoring position. And then Castellanos comes up to the plate, fourth inning. We just got punched in the face. Gone. Home run. Castellanos ties it up. That was huge. Two games in a row. Because the Phillies come out in the top in the bottom of the fourth. They go one, two, three. Maybe you start to get a little bit tight. Maybe the crowd starts to get a little bit quiet. That wasn't going to happen. Castellanos made sure that wasn't going to happen. Ties it up. They then go to the fifth. Atlanta strands another runner in the top of the fifth. Come out in the bottom of the fifth. Trey Turner, yard. Castellanos and Trey Turner, two free agent signings who have had their struggles in this town, come up huge in this game. Absolutely huge. You then go to the sixth. Dominguez and Alvarado team up, get the three outs we need. You go to the bottom of the sixth. Castellanos comes out, gone. Another home run. First player in Major League Baseball history with back-to-back multiple home run games. That is still mind-blowing to me. In the entire history of Major League Baseball, Nick Castellanos is doing things that no one has ever done. No one in the history of baseball is doing what Nick Castellanos did last night. Mind-blowing, man. Absolutely mind-blowing. And let's just look at this, this lineup of what these guys are doing. Trey Turner hitting 500 in the postseason. Bryce Harper hitting 368 
in the postseason. And look at Trey Turner's slugging percentage, 917. Bryce Harper, 842. Nick Castellanos, he's batting 391. His slugging percentage, 1.00. Are you kidding me, Casty? Scooby-Doo's not a superhero. Nick Castellanos is a freaking superhero. Unfreaking believable, man. Daz, all of our butts were puckered when they had the bases loaded. Yeah, they were. And they even puckered even more when Acuna hit that hard-hit ball into the gap. But our man Rojas came up big. Big catch. Scott Ritz, Trey blows my mind. My biceps are bigger than his, and he drives in the ball like a beast. I couldn't make it to the track if I tried. You know, man, it's similar to the golf course. I go out there with golfers sometimes. They look like they've never lifted a weight in their life, and they're driving the ball 320 yards. So it's all about getting those hips through, man, getting the right form and hitting the sweet spot on that bat, and Trey Turner can do it. But what a freaking postseason Trey Turner's having. You also look at Brandon Marsh. He doesn't play when there's a left-hander on the mound. But he's hitting 357 this year in the postseason. But JT Ramuto, 273. And I forget who it was in the chat who said we need to get Schwarber and Bohm going. And we do. Schwarber's only hitting 160 this postseason. No RBIs. Alec Bohm only hitting 190. No RBIs. But they'll get it going. They'll get it going. And once they do, I don't know how you beat this team. I don't know how you beat this team when you go down this lineup. If you're an opposing pitcher, how do you beat this lineup? You got Schwarber leading off, who we know can hit 50 home runs. Trey Turner, who's on absolute fire, who's the guy they paid all that money to. Bryce Harper, best postseason baseball player I've ever seen. And then if you get Alec Bohm going, forget it. Bryson Stott comes up big when he has to. JT Romuto has a couple big hits in this series. That double in game three was huge to keep the pressure on the Braves. And then you have Castellanos in the seventh spot. You realize how deep this lineup is? That you have Nick Castellanos batting seventh in this lineup? M. Reyes, how do you beat them? You beat the Astros. All right, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Scott Rich, you could beat us if you run home on a wild pitch. Never seen anything like that before. That was huge. That was huge. And who was it, Scott? I'm forgetting who was on third that didn't come home on that wild pitch last night for the Braves. But he would have scored easily there because Kimbrell wasn't making it to home plate in time. And then it becomes a one-run game, which changes everything. But again, that's where the Philadelphia Phillies also outplayed the Atlanta Braves, being aggressive on the base paths. That's right, Pilar. Pilar didn't come home. But you look at how appropriately aggressive the Phillies have been on the base path, constantly keeping that pressure on the Atlanta Braves People elevate, man. When the stakes get higher, some people elevate. Pilar, in that moment, he's second-guessing. It's a big spot in the game. In the regular season, he probably comes home, probably scores. 
But in the National League Division Series, down 3-1 at that moment, some people's games don't elevate. This Phillies team's game elevates. And it, I'm telling you, it helps. This Philadelphia Phillies crowd deserves a lot of credit because this team plays harder in front of that crowd. Undefeated this postseason. And the best part, who would have thought this at the start of the postseason? The Philadelphia Phillies have home field advantage in the National League Championship Series. How crazy is that? So if a team wants to beat the Phillies, if the Arizona Diamondbacks want to beat the Phillies, they have to win at Citizens Bank Park. It's not good enough for them just to win in Arizona. They have to come in to the bank in front of that Phillies crowd where this Phillies team plays lights out and they have to win. GI Zoe Sports Radio. How do people become fans of teams where they're not from? I mean, what sort of connection could you possibly have with the team aside from liking their players? G.I. Zoe, I agree with you. I don't understand people who like teams from other cities. How does that happen? Now, look, if your family relocated here and you're just going with what your dad and your mom and your, your family always rooted for, I get that. But to grow up in Philly and be a fan of another team somewhere else, that's the worst. I don't get it. Wine Niners Wine. How does Bill only get 99 and 360 had 300 plus? Come on, boys. Need to get Bill over 500. My man, I appreciate you, Wine Niners Wine. But Birds 365 does a real nice job, Jody Mack and John McMullen. But, yeah, let's get our numbers up, too. Let's hit that like button, hit that share button, because this is going to be a great one hour. I love coming to you guys every day talking about our Philadelphia sports. But, yeah, if the Arizona Diamondbacks want to advance to the World Series, they got to beat the Phillies at Citizens Bank Park. And that is no easy task. Somehow, Phillies have home field advantage in the NLCS, and I am all for it. So first game will be Monday night, 8.07. And let's hope it's the day after our Philadelphia Eagles go to 6-0. and So, guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to switch gears. And we're going to start to preview this Philadelphia Eagles-New York Jets Sunday game. Stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving up a, a good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life. 
First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC <laughs> Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles What's up everybody? Welcome back to the Philly Sports Power Hour. I'm loving it. I see the chats going crazy over there. Love it. But make sure you're smashing that like button, man. The more likes, more Phillies fans we can reach, more Eagles fans we can reach. And uh, I promised my daughter I would show you guys so I should have known the Phillies were going to win before the series. My daughter, don't know if you could see that, gave me a little picture. Go Phillies, home run. She had a premonition they were going to hit a lot of home runs. So a little shout out to my girl, Melina. Thank you for the picture. So what's up? I'm awake. Good to see you, man. Daytime Frank giving predictions for the Diamondbacks series and the Phillies. Phillies in six. They win one, two, four, and six. Timothy Timothy Walker, I just looked it up. Their schedule shows seven games against the Diamondbacks. Andre, thanks, man. Thanks. I'll tell Melina that you liked the picture. So let's switch gears, though, from our fight and fills, and let's talk about our Philadelphia Eagles, because if you guys know me, you know I have another show called Legal Hands to the Face, where it's all Eagles content every single day. So make sure you're following on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Threads, Facebook, here on YouTube, Legal Hands to the Face, where I post daily Eagles content, and that's my go-to, man. Also host pregame, halftime, and postgame show here on the Jacob Sports Network with my man Farzi, Seth Joyner, Derek Gunn, Mike Missinelli, Kayla Santiago, John McMullen, all-star cast, if I say so myself. So... Let's talk a little bit about this Eagles game. So we saw Fletcher Cox in the locker room at the Phillies jumping up and down, which was a good sign. So he gets back. He had a full practice on Thursday. So it looks like he's good to go, which is good news on the injury front. But it's not all good news on the injury front for this Philadelphia Eagles team. Let's start with the hopeful defensive rookie of the year pops up on the injury list after yesterday's practice did not play 
has an ankle injury, and Nick Sirianni said after practice, it doesn't look like it's going to keep him out long term, but we're still monitoring it for Sunday. So there's a strong possibility that Jalen Carter is not going to play on Sunday against this New York Jets team. And that's important because when we start to break down this Jets offense, the one thing they're going to try to do is run the football. We know that. They're going to try to run the football. It's pretty much the only thing that offense has been able to do with any success so far this season. So it could be a big loss. At least Fletch is coming back. But then another two, two guys who are not practicing, who are in jeopardy of not playing on Sunday, Darius Slay and Justin Evans. Justin Evans again. He had that neck injury, missed a game, came back last week. He's out now with a knee injury, Justin Evans. And before we talk about Darius Slay, let's talk about Justin Evans. This has kind of been the knock on him throughout his career, was promising coming out of Texas A&M. Tampa drafts him in the second round, had a great rookie season in Tampa, and then the injury bug started to get him. New Orleans picks him up last year, plays him up and down football. But when he's in there, I don't think there is any coincidence that when Justin Evans is in the game, the pass defense looks better because he is a lot better, in my opinion, than Terrell Edmonds at that safety position. And if Justin Evans can't go, the other option would be Sidney Brown. Well, Sidney Brown's still battling back from that hamstring. We don't know if he's going to play on Sunday. So if Evans can't go and Sidney Brown can't go, you're looking at Terrell Edmonds as your safety. Now, the one positive, it's the New York Jets. And we'll talk about how bad that offense has been as we look at some of these numbers. But if you're losing Jalen Carter this week and Justin Evans can't play and Darius Slay can't play, anything can happen. Anything can happen. I still think this Eagles team is far better than this Jets team, and we'll talk about why. But I just don't like the fact that you may have no Justin Evans and no Darius Slay in that secondary this week against the New York Jets. Some other positive news. N'Kobe Dean keeps practicing. Jack Stoll was a limited participant. Rashad Penny had a full practice. He had that illness, missed the last game. We'll see if they give him any, any snaps this week. We talked about it yesterday on the show, if you were here, about is Rashad Penny just done? I mean, is he just washed up with all the injuries he's had over the years? Is he just done? Timothy Walker, no one cares about Penny. The only reason I continue to care about Penny is because of the amount of touches they're giving DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift has never had anywhere near this many touches in his career. And I don't want to see them burn him out too early. This is a long season. And I'm not, not playing scared, but you also have to be smart in what you're doing and they're giving him a lot of touches the first five weeks of the season. Hey, Barbara, have a great weekend to you, too. Good to see you. I think Farzi loves to call you Babs, right? What's up, Babs? Glad to see you here. G.I. Zoe Sports. The Eagles have no real lead back. Well, in today's NFL, and I've talked about this at length before, you look at the last few Super Bowl winners, and how many of them really had that bell cow back that you're used to seeing 
back in the 90s. And let, let's just look. And I, I have these notes because I, I did a video on this before, but Super Bowl winner last year, the Kansas City Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco, seventh-round rookie. Super Bowl 56, they had Sony Michelle, Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers. Super Bowl 55, they had Leonard Fournette just on a one-year, $3.5 million deal. Super Bowl 54, Damian Williams. Super Bowl 53, Rex Burkhead, James White, Sony Michelle. Super Bowl 52, our Philadelphia Eagles, LeGarrette Blunt, Jay Ajayi, Corey Clement. You don't need a one running back who just carries the load. And G.I. Zoe Sports says those teams had Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Well, this team's got freaking Jalen Hurts, man. So don't act like we don't have an MVP caliber quarterback on our team also. So you don't need one running back. We don't need a Jonathan Taylor on this team. And I was not for all that chatter about bringing in Jonathan Taylor in the offseason. I didn't think they needed it. I certainly wasn't in support of them drafting Bijan Robinson, and thankfully they didn't. Thankfully the Falcons did, and Jalen Carter fell to us. Wine Niners wine. The only one with a lead back is the Jones Cowgirls, hence they are always Super Bowl pretenders. Makes a point. He makes a point. They've had a lead back over the years with Zeke and now Tony Pollard. What have they done? You don't need just one running back. And I would argue, G.I. Zoe, that DeAndre Swift is a lead back. He has the capability of hitting a home run every time he touches the ball. And you see that little pun I did there? Home run, Phillies, Eagles. But seriously, DeAndre Swift has the capability of hitting a home run every time he touches the ball. I'm just saying keep the guy healthy. Keep the guy healthy by spreading it around because – Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, these guys are capable. I just don't know about Rashad Penny. I just don't know. And G.I. Zoe getting into it about Jalen Hurts. Is he an elite passer? Yeah, I think he is. And I've been a fan of Jalen Hurts since they drafted him, and I got the videos to prove it. But let's take a look at this Philadelphia Eagles offense, and you tell me if Jalen Hurts is an elite. So we talked about this yesterday, and again, if you follow me on Instagram at Legal Hands of the Face, I did a video about this, about how dominant this Philadelphia Eagles offense has been, even though it hasn't necessarily looked like it the first few weeks of the season. They're number two in the NFL in yards per game. They're averaging over 400 yards per game. They're number five in the NFL with 28.2 points per game. And they're number 10 in the NFL with 240 passing yards per game. And that's with the passing offense really not clicking the first couple of weeks of the season. And yet they're still sitting here in the top 10 in the NFL. And we talk about whether or not they have a lead back, G.I. Zoe says. They're the second best rushing team in the NFL with 164 yards per game. So this offense is doing just fine. And a lot of people love to talk about how good this New York Jets defense is. And I know they have a lot of talented players. They definitely have a lot of talented players. Sauce Gardner on the outside, stud. DJ Reed's been playing well at the other cornerback position. 
Quincy Williams is good. C.J. Mosley at linebacker, pretty good player. But you look at the stats, their defense isn't scaring me. Now, a lot of this has to do with the fact that the offense is so inept that the defense is on the field a lot. But just listen to some of these stats on that New York Jets defense, and you tell me whether or not this is a dominant defense with Rob Sala. They're giving up 353 yards per game. That's 22nd in the NFL. They're giving up 146 rushing yards per game. 29th in the NFL. 29th in the NFL, giving up 146 yards per game. Third down. They're letting teams convert 46% of the time, which puts them at number 27 in the NFL. They only have 11 sacks this season. Puts them at number 24 in the NFL. So I'm not seeing why this defense is consistently talked about as a dominant defense because they have not shown it through the first five weeks of the season. And it's not like they've only played incredible offenses. Yeah, they had some tough games. They had to play the Chiefs. They played the Bills in week one, actually won that game. Bills didn't look great. They played the Cowboys. They played the Denver Broncos and won last week, which was a big game for the Jets. It was like their Super Bowl. Getting Nathaniel Hackett some redemption after what Sean Payton said about him. But you look at this defense, they haven't been that great. Does this defense scare you? You're here in the chat. Does this defense scare you? against our Philadelphia Eagles offense. And I did a video, and there's a poll on my Instagram, at Legal Hands to the Face, saying, who do you think has the advantage between the Eagles offense and the New York Jets defense? I think it's clearly this Eagles offense. And mainly because when we look at the rushing yards per game, the Eagles have the second-best rushing offense in the NFL going against the 29th rushing defense in the NFL. This Philadelphia Eagles team should be able to run the football. And you look at the passing game. Like I said, Gardner's good. Sauce Gardner on the outside is a very good corner. Reed on the other side is a pretty solid corner. Their safeties don't necessarily impress me. I'm not that impressed with Tony Adams or Jordan Whitehead at safety. But they're number 14 in the NFL in passing defense. They're giving up. 206 a game, and the Eagles are number 10. So I really do think this Philadelphia Eagles team is going to be able to do whatever they want to do on offense. Bobby Murphy, the Chiefs had 200 yards rushing against the Jets. And I expect if the Eagles decide that they want to run the football, they're going to be able to run the football if that's what they choose to do. Now, the one area that this Jets defense has really excelled this season, and it's been an area that our Philadelphia Eagles offense has really struggled this season, is in the red zone. And we've talked about this Philadelphia Eagles offensive struggles in the red zone in prior shows. And this Eagles offense is sitting there right now at 27th in the NFL, only scoring touchdowns 42% of the time once they get into the opponent's 20-yard line. And this Jets defense, as bad as they've been in other categories, 
They're number three in the NFL in red zone defense. So that's going to be the key to this game. Can our Eagles offense get their red zone in order? Because they're going against a really good red zone defense in the New York Jets. I expect this Eagles offense to be able to move the ball up and down the field on the Jets. They're going to be able to run it. They're going to be able to throw it. But what can they do once they get inside the 20-yard line? And this is a good test. You're looking to try to fix your red zone offense. Let's do it against a really damn good red zone defense. Let's go four for four in the red zone this week. Let's fix that because that's really the only area of this Eagles offense that they haven't improved through the first five weeks of the season. Everything else they've improved. Everything else. G.I. Zoe saying Farsi's the real Philly fanatic. It's possible. I've never seen Farsi in the same room as the fanatic, and I've never seen Farsi and Nick Sirianni in the same room. They all could be the same person, man. They all could be the same person. But I do not have any doubts about this offense this week. I think they'll get their red zone offense going. But the real reason that I see the Eagles improving the 6-0 and is this Jets offense. And we've all, we've all seen Zach Wilson. You, know, you almost start to feel bad for the guy. Not really, but a little bit. I tell you, I do feel bad for these Jets fans, man. All excited, all offseason. Aaron Rodgers, Super Bowl contenders. Didn't even make it through a quarter. But Zach Wilson has struggled, and this Jets offense has really struggled. They're 27th in the league in total yards per game. They're only putting up 283 yards a game. They're really in the bottom category of almost everything, and I'll just give you the quick laundry list here. 27th in yards per game, 24th in points per game, 32nd in the NFL in passing yards per game. The one area where they have had success is running the football. They're 10th in the NFL in running the football. That's it. That's really the only area they've had any success because they're 32nd in the league on third down. They're 31st in the league in the red zone. They're 21st in the league in sacks given up, 20th in the league in turnovers. They have really struggled, really struggled. And like I said, the one area that I think they're going to be hopeful to try to get things going this week is probably the running game. Brees Hall is a playmaker at that running back position. And that's why Jalen Carter could be a big loss. But that's what makes this Eagles defense so damn hard, man. Even with Jalen Carter out, you're going to be able to have a rotation of Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams. We'll see if Marlon Tupelodu's healthy this week. But if he can't go, you have Contavia Street, seventh-round rookie Mauro Ajomo. They are very deep at that defensive tackle position. And one of the things you saw them do against the Los Angeles Rams was lined up Brandon Graham in that one technique over the center, and he absolutely demolished that center. If you guys follow the Legal Hands to the Face show, me and Todd Herrmans were talking about it and just love to see BG, even at his age, destroy that center, pancaked him, 
So I'm still confident that this defensive line will be able to shut down the New York Jets running game. But you got to watch for Brees Hall, number 20 on that Jets team. He can break plays. I talked about how DeAndre Swift has that home run potential. Brees Hall has that home run potential. And Brees Hall's on my fantasy team, so I'm going to be putting him on my bench this week because I can't root for a player against my birds, man. Just can't do it. Same reason I don't have any Cowboys on my fantasy team. Just can't do it. And Brian Lippincock, BG's a freaking legend. G.I. Zoe Sports, Graham is a beast inside. Damn right, man. Damn right. BG, and you know, I said to Todd Herrmans, you know BG wasn't talking any smack at all to that center after he pancaked him, right? BG doesn't talk trash. One of the best trash talkers in the NFL, Brandon Grant. But you got to look out for Brees Hall, and there's another guy on this offense for the Jets that's extremely talented, and that's Garrett Wilson at wide receiver. Extremely talented at wide receiver. But the problem is, I just don't think that Zach Wilson, one, is talented enough to get him the ball, but two, is going to have the time to get him the ball. And you guys are already hitting on it in the chat. Bobby Murphy, their left tackle, Vera Tucker's out too. They're starting Mitchell, fourth-round pick, second-year player at left tackle. Yet their offensive line is banged up. They were already giving up 15 sacks this season which is 21st in the NFL, and now they're even more banged up. They got a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries. So you got a quarterback who's not very good. You got an offensive line that's extremely banged up. And you have a Philadelphia Eagles defense that's hopefully starting to put it all together. Hassan Reddick, three sacks in two games since he got that cast off. I think he's going to have another big day against Zach Wilson. Josh Sweat, always, always a threat for multiple sacks. Still don't have any faith in Derek Barnett, but BG can still deliver. I'm still waiting for Nolan Smith to get it going. Not sure if that's going to happen this year or not, boys. And girls, I really thought that Nolan Smith was going to come out to a hot start, but I think we're a little spoiled with Jalen Carter. But Nolan Smith was a first-round draft pick, so I am still waiting for him to contribute. And maybe that'll happen as the season progresses. But this Philadelphia Eagles defense, I know they dominated in the sack category last year. 70 sacks, franchise record, and a lot of people are wondering, well, what's going on? Why are we not getting the amount of sacks that we had last season? But when you really look deep into the stats, which I did this past week, yeah, they're in the top 10 for sacks. They got 15 sacks through five games, puts them number eight in the NFL. But what's crazier is this Philadelphia Eagles defense leads the entire NFL in quarterback pressures. They have 58 quarterback pressures through five games, which is number one in the NFL. And you look at the pressure rate, which is the percentage of pressure every single time an opposing team drops back to pass. Philadelphia Eagles are number four in the NFL. They're putting pressure 25.8% of the pass plays on opposing def- on opposing offenses. 
So although it doesn't feel like they're getting the sacks because they're not, they are still getting the pressure and lead the league in pressures to start the season. So I expect Zach Wilson to really have a long day, banged up offensive line, going against this Philadelphia Eagles defensive line. It would have been nice to see Jalen Carter out there just dominating McGovern at center, but they may rest him this week. And what do you guys think? If you're here in the chat, you never want to look past any opponent. Never want to look past any opponent. But if these guys are not 100% healthy on this Philadelphia Eagles defense, would you rest them this week? If it's questionable whether they could play or not, would you say, hey, you know what, guys? Rest up for Miami. I never like to look past an opponent, but against this Jets team, it may not make sense to rush some guys out there. And Alejandro Lopez asking about Carter's ankle. They haven't really indicated what the heck's going on with the ankle. He popped up on the injury report. Sirianni said he doesn't anticipate it being a long-term thing, but that his status for Sunday is still in the air. So I don't know. I don't know. But do you rest him this week if it's questionable? If Darius Slay is 50-50, do you rest him this week? Do you get your guys healthy? going into Miami, to the Miami game. Daz is saying that the Carter injury is minor. That's what I'm hearing as well. You just never know. You just never know. We also were told last year that Hertz's shoulder wasn't as bad, and it turned out it actually affected him for a long time. But let's hope that Carter's injury is minor. But let me give you my prediction, guys, because we are coming up towards the end of the show on this fabulous football Friday. And where are my notes on my prediction? I mean, I got the Eagles winning, of course. Of course I have the Eagles winning. But I have this as a big game for this Philadelphia Eagles offense. I think they're going to put up 31 points in this game. They are averaging 28 points per game. So I'm expecting another big game from our offense, 31 points. And I think they're going to hold this Jets team to only 17 points. I think you may see the Jets get a late touchdown. I really, really think, and I don't want to look past any opponent, but I really think that this is going to be a blowout for the Philadelphia Eagles. I just can't see that Jets offense being able to compete and being able to put up points. So I have the Philadelphia Eagles moving to 6-0 and with a 31-17 win. If you guys are here in the chat, let me hear your predictions. I want to hear your predictions before we sign off for the day. And I see Brown Sugar saying they don't want to risk these players. They want them healthy, knowing who we have coming up in the stretch. You may be right. You may be right. You don't want to look past opponents, but if it's questionable, if it's questionable, I would I would sit those guys as well. Wine Niners Wine, 31 kisses to 17 farts. Brian Lippincock, 38 to 10. Birds. Love it. I'm awake, are you? Blowout. Let me see some more, boys. Let me see some more, girls. I want to see what you guys are saying in the chat. Alejandro Lopez, 21-27. Who? You got the Jets winning, Alejandro? Or you got the Eagles winning 27-21? Let me know. G.I. Zoe, 27-17. M. Reyes, 42-10. Damn. 
Andre McIver, 27-0. He's got this Eagles defense pitching a shutout against this Jets offense. Alejandro, thank you. No way, Eagles. Okay, my man. You made me nervous for a second, Alejandro. BSing Sports, 34-17. So it seems like all of us are pretty confident. Bobby Murphy, rain could be a factor. 23-16 birds. Dank Kelly Green Burrito, 30-13. Mr. Taz, 34-15. I like it. We all seem to be on the same page there, guys and girls. We all seem to be on the same page. Daz, 27-21 birds. Jets score late. We don't cover. That's what I'm seeing, too, is maybe a late touchdown by this New York Jets team. But I still got it at 31-17. I think you may have a 31-10 game. And they score late with a bunch of Eagles backups. That's what I'm hoping. A bunch of Eagles backups. Are the Jets a better defense than the Rams? You look at the roster, G.I. Zoe. And I would say the Jets are a better defense when you look at the roster. But when you look at the stats, that Rams defense was actually statistically a lot better than what the Jets have done. But guys, unfortunately, we are coming up on the end of our power hour as we end every day. Talk about today in sports history. October 13th, 1903 was the first baseball World Series, the Boston Americans beat the Pittsburgh Pirates 3-0 in Game 8 at Huntington Avenue for a 5-3 series victory. They had an eight-game series back then. So pretty cool. And guys, listen, I am actually headed out of the country. I am going on a Disney cruise with my kids. I will not be here Monday and Tuesday. So unfortunate. I'm loving our hour together. I will be back on Wednesday at 10, but stay tuned on Jacob Sports great shows. Let's see if how we're going to fill this hour. So stay tuned, guys. I appreciate it, Mr. Taz. Brian Lippicott, I appreciate it. Jake Friel, 30 to 10 Eagles. Side note, the Braves stink. Daz, be safe and have fun. Really appreciate all you guys. I will be back here Wednesday, hopefully talking about a big Eagles win, a big Phillies win, and we're going to make this, like I've said, the best hour in Philadelphia sports talk. Appreciate everybody. Go Birds, go Phillies. Talk soon, guys. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the odds. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.